This is episode 15 of Small Business Rising. My name is Anna. Miss Marta and Gabriela. And today we are continuing our conversation from two weeks ago about productivity. As you may or may not remember, in episode 13, we were responding to an email from our listener Jakob, where he asked us about our solutions to top five productivity problems he and his team has identified. So today we are going to chat about endless discussions, lack of comprehensive overview in company, and difficulties with finding the right employees. That was quite a timing. (laughs) Yes, that came out just about right. Yes, that came out about right. And I'm happy I haven't uh, rehearsed it. We did it in one go. So that's very good. But Marta, we are back at the same discussion that we had two weeks ago about productivity. For those of you who do not remember, I would recommend you to refresh your memory by going to episode 13. Uh, But I will just briefly say that we have received our first Q&A. Actually, it was Q. We give the A question from the listener and that was Jakob who has uh, wrote to us that he and his team were working on a productivity topic in general. They were interviewing different business owners and company managers and so on so on and uh, during those interviews they have identified five top productivity problems that entrepreneurs, small businesses and managers or even employees are coping with and he asked us about our opinion and maybe here I should give one word of uh, of an explanation he asked Marta <laughs> remember the email was like hi Marta and I was like okay this is small business rising with Marta uh, but okay he he asked Marta because you had a conversation before on messenger with, with Jakob uh, to give him our feedback. Do we experience those productivity problems or not? And if we do, how do we cope with it? So um, last week we were talking about distractions and trouble with focusing like loud workspace or environment. And I think we gave a lot of uh, interesting input. There was something about frog licking. There was something about flying balls and hitting people with a red ball. Okay, that's on a, on a joke side. But there were actually quite some interesting discussions how we can cope with a noisy uh, environment, uh, including when you are working from home and families around you. And then we also talked about the constant task switching. Uh, meaning when we try to multitask and it it doesn't really lead us anywhere because maybe we are ending up with five different tasks that are open and none of them is completed. And it was also a very interesting discussion. Marta, you have revealed that even your Microsoft calendar is uh, suggesting you something like a focus time, right? It's not personal. He's not doing that only to me. He is offering that same service to everyone employed in that company. Okay, and by him we mean Bill, William? (laughs) Is it William Gates? He's offering a lot of things lately. Lately he's on fire. He has an answer to everything. Now he wants to offer something to the whole humanity. Yes, that's 
Yes, so uh, generous. I'm not going to comment anymore on this. They're very generous, very generous of of William. Uh, so William also have suggested the focus time for for people who are using uh, Microsoft. But package. didn't he kind of like leave Microsoft? Isn't it like a past, yeah, he, he got a better, chapter? Uh, he got a better business uh, model. Model. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I think he he resigned from the Microsoft board either in 2019 or beginning of 2020. I think it was at the beginning of this year, yeah. Yes, because he, he resigned from being a CEO uh, quite uh, some time ago, but he was still in the managing board. But uh, yes, uh, focus time was one of the things we discussed and also trying to avoid all kind of distractions and setting up priorities. So it was quite insightful episode. So please Come back to it if you don't remember or you missed it. Episode 13, a uh, very lucky episode for us, I would say. But today we are taking uh, this challenge of giving our precious opinions, uh, including Marta, about other three productivity problems that Jakob has sent to us. I actually don't think they were in any specific order. I think it was just a list of things. And here we have on the menu the so-called endless discussions in meetings with no decisions being made. And oh, how I know this. I know this well. Marta, do you know this well? Well, I think that I have, that was one of the cultural shocks that I have experienced when moving from Poland to Denmark mm -hmm. and participating in the first meetings here in Denmark because my first job was in a Polish company, medium-sized, run by a boss who was just taking all the decisions. So there was all the opposite to endless decisions, uh, to uh, endless, endless talks, yeah. endless discussions. There was very few discussion <laughs> and very quick decisions. So when I uh, moved here to Denmark and suddenly I found myself in this large corporation where there was a lot of conversation, I found both amazing that everyone was heard and also very inefficient that everyone needed to be heard endlessly. Uh, and this kind of like caused the inefficiency in many situations and was very difficult for the company to move forward. And as you may already have noticed, I kind of like organizational development. And I have, uh, I am a big uh, fan of this book called uh, Reinventing Organizations, mm -hmm. uh, where Frederick Laloux, he describes this type of organization as a green organization. Mm -hmm. where it's often driven by some sort of a higher purpose and people are highly valued in that uh, organization. Yet we want consensus so much and we want everyone to be satisfied. So we are often accidentally uh, having that uh, side effect of lack of efficiency because we don't have good processes in order to take those decisions. Uh, and we are, instead of being able to progress quickly, we find ourselves in these endless discussions and not being able to come to a conclusion because we are waiting for everyone to be on board and you can't necessarily find that solution uh, in every situation where everyone is on board and everyone feels satisfied and everyone's needs are met. So that's where we need the teal organization in order to bring that to the next level but that's a whole different story yes a lot of endless discussions <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my family life when i grew up <laughs> well uh, i i have to say that um, it is being said 
that this is a very much a, a hallmark of a Danish working culture. Uh, here in Denmark, for the listeners that are from other countries, I would just like to say that um, you can actually approach your manager or the manager of manager with an idea. It's there is uh, like, for instance, in Germany, from what I know m from my experience, there is really a hierarchy. You cannot uh, jump over one management level. There has to be a kind of a very bureaucratic, administrative way of approaching things. Uh, here, everyone can talk to everyone. And uh, that's great, but also can cause problems. You know what I was thinking about with this kind of endless discussions? And when you just said that everyone has to give a consensus, I was thinking about liberum veto in Poland in uh, 16th, 17th century, where everyone, uh, we had this representatives, we were calling them schlacht and magnats. And when they were voting for something in, uh, I don't know if that could be called parliament, that gathering when they were making decisions at that time, Poland was a kingdom. Uh, every single person had to say yes or no to something. If there was at least one person that had a different opinion, it was called liberum veto, the entire thing was going to the garbage. And some people say that that was actually the beginning of the end of the great kingdom of Poland. So, uh, yeah, that can really paralyze um, progress and uh, efficiency and uh, productivity as well. Um, I was thinking about uh, my own personal piece of advice that I could give for endless discussions in meetings with no decisions to be made. And from a point of view of the attendee, if you are invited for a lot of meetings and you find yourself in half of the time in a meeting that you don't even know what the hell you are doing there, why are you there, and people are talking about the same thing for three years, then my recommendation would be, first of all, don't accept the meeting invitations when there is no clear agenda and no clear goal. Meaning, it's good to know what will happen on the meeting and why are we meeting in the first place. If this is just some kind of, you know, like alignment meeting number 38 and there is nothing else, you can basically reject it saying, excuse me, I am not quite sure what are we going to do on this meeting. I'm not sure what is the purpose. I would appreciate more information. Yes, don't use the same philosophy when you're having a first date. <laughs> that that but that's okay thank you i will remember that day when welcome. i will go on a first date with someone <laughs> the other thing is to be uh, assertive and to actually be able to reject the meetings that you clearly see will be a waste of time and many times i think if you are an employee or even if you are an entrepreneur and you are being invited to some meetings and you you feel like you i have to show up but i know it will be a waste of time we have to build some sort of assertiveness in us and being able to say uh, a compassionate no to it you know it's like I don't think I it will be the best use of my time and actually the best use of your time of having me there uh, what do you think about this Marta well I think that this is uh, these are very valid points and I think that the purpose of the meeting should be clear Mm -hmm. uh, for everyone to know why are we meeting together and to be able to assess whether my attendance is in fact needed or not. So uh, absolutely agree uh, with uh, the purpose of the meeting. Uh, I just thought that maybe I could uh, add on to the 
to the type of meetings where you feel you need to be there. So mm-hmm. you really know that this meeting is very clear. It's very clear for you that you are an essential part of it and you're going there and it's important for you and you're still not having any progress. You're still having endless discussions, mm-hmm. even when the purpose is clear and the agenda is clear and people simply don't agree. And therefore they keep on going on tangent. And, you know, because sometimes very good point. you have agenda, you have a clear purpose and just simply people are not on the same page and mm-hmm. therefore you cannot meet that goal of a meeting. But I think that your points were, were very, very valid. Mm-hmm. That's just, just adding on to another type of a problem. Uh, yeah, but I completely agree with you, Marta. Um, that I would put on a side of the meeting organizer, how a meeting organizer can cope with that. I prepared a couple of pointers and I would be very curious about your uh, elaboration. So for the meeting organizers who are also tired with inviting... But could I just finish my point? Because I wanted to make a point about Ah, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I, I just started to say that I would like to share something okay. about uh, this type of uh, Okay, I, I will allow it. Yeah, <laughs> so I just wanted to say that when you, uh, when you are in this kind of situation mm-hmm. where you have an impasse and you are unable to reach a conclusion and people are not aligning, I would propose a really good meeting facilitator. You need mm-hmm. a really good facilitator who will be able to get the group through the roadblocks, uh, lack of alignment, disagreements, and so on. And uh, it's an impartial person. It's a neutral person, but a very skilled as at being able to involve everyone, uh, move uh, over that impasse mm-hmm. or that roadblock, and therefore help the group reach the decision. So that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's it's okay because I actually I had a feeling what you want to say and I wanted to put it on the on the other side of the story so the organizer. Um but it's good that you mention it here because it's an elaboration on um on what an organizer can do. And I didn't have that. If you don't feel that you can cope with it because you have already invited people for the same meeting pretty much couple of times very good point from Marta. Try to get help from someone who is specialized because many times people who are organizing meetings are not professional facilitators. They are just, you know, got an assignment from uh, a boss, you know, a hello, uh, make this meeting, you know, make it until you will get a result. So very good point, actually. The other and there thing, may, may be yeah. good facilitators in general, but they might not be impartial in that discussion. That also, they might yeah. be, you know, having their agenda to uh, put across or they might be suspected to have an agenda to put across. Yeah. That's why having someone neutral mm-hmm. is a good solution when you have a longer impasse uh, in a situation where you cannot yeah. move. I actually, yeah, you are right, because there is also the personal aspect of a, yes. And sometimes as a meeting organizer, you might not, you might be so involved in in this topic also personally because it's inevitable that maybe you just need a pair of fresh eyes hopefully they will come with a human attached and maybe that other person should uh, should actually help you out but yeah basically preparing detailed agenda inviting the right people so uh, i will not invite the three guys from that department because i like them and i think it will be cozy but maybe i will invite that one person from that department because i think i really need that guy 
And then at the meeting to regularly remind people why are we here? What is the goal? And to also be assertive when the meeting drifts away because many meetings, especially if they are uh, meetings about one topic that cannot be solved, they tend to drift into some complaining session or, but it didn't work in the past, but we discussed this already. It's good to gather all of those reservations and tell to the participants, I hear you, I understand that this is a problem, but this is not a part of this particular meeting. Let's park this topic and let's make a maybe a meeting about that topic. But I now we are... What do I you? get that a lot. What? Like, sorry, it's not the right moment to have a comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this live presentation of what I am talking Well, about. you know, sometimes you need to give examples for people to you understand. You are absolutely correct, my dear. So, yeah, but those meetings can be tiring. And I can fully understand this can be a roadblock for productivity because if you don't have people agreeing and you have endless discussions, then the work cannot go further. Then we have uh, number four, which is trouble getting a comprehensive overview of activities in the company. Marta, what is your first thought when you think about this? I think about it that I, I, what is my first thought is that this is probably one of the key problems in most of organizations, mm -hmm. uh, starting from very small ones and going ahead to the medium ones and then going ahead to the big ones and then going ahead to the large ones. I think that this is basically one of the biggest things to obtain, to have this structure that efficiently gives you the proper overview, allowing the organization to follow the same direction. Mm -hmm. That's something that is not easy to obtain in green and orange organizations, because, of course, I will be uh, referring to that terminology in mm -hmm. organizational development. Yeah, I think that it also the first thing I I've, the first like a word that came to my mind actually towards was process management, <laughs> because um basically defining the activities within the organization, that's the job of business process management. And maybe that's something that we are very familiar with, Marta. Uh, but I will be honest with you, you are super uh, on spot with the fact that this is not because people think, oh, probably that's something for big corporations. It's very typical for startups. I have been working in startup. There was no way of doing things described because, you know, startups are very, yeah, let's do it. We have an idea and we just go forward and we push and we are driven. We make fast decisions. And then when you start to onboard people, you don't know how to explain them, how the things works, because all of this is in your head or in the head of the, you know, the person that founded the startup. And if you didn't spend time to to document this or or to put some structure people will get lost it's like i had to ask for absolutely basic things because there was no documentation and then you have let's say three or four people sitting on the head of a ceo who is all the time on the phone hey how to do that how to do how this works how do we do this it 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 really is a problem and i think it is because i don't know what is your opinion about this marta i've noticed that Many times people focus on just achieving, keep on going forward and all the improvements or all that kind of structure building is somehow many times on the second priority. Um, and 
I and don't then know. it becomes too painful because yes. you can run it mm-hmm. in a situation where the company or many people successfully still run the company where there is uh, the group is small enough so that you can actually reach out to each other mm-hmm. and you can actually get that knowledge spot, uh, you know, on the spot. And then therefore you can learn it fast and therefore you can proceed. But then as the organization grows, you stop being able to reach out to people. The pain becomes big enough for you to start documenting. And then you go all the way to the other extreme where everything is so documented that you basically don't know how you can move your finger without being that a part of 10 different uh, processes, procedures, and the number of reports and PowerPoints and other things that you have to fill out in order to inform the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. It's a total overkill. And you are like, how did we get ourselves here? That's why I'm talking having a structure that is efficient. Yes. That's an art It's an art because it's not about documenting only. That's just a tiny little, uh, that's just a tiny little step and knowing how to document Mm -hmm. it so that people can actually learn from it and that it's not uh, endless, uh, you know, uh, PowerPoints or endless uh, Word uh, files. I believe that building an efficient structure is an art in a company. Because it's very rarely found. Mm -hmm. At least uh, I will say that from my experience, and I have experience from one to three, at least three companies of different sizes, and I haven't found it uh, in any of them. Um, I could give here an advice to at least, because, you know, to solve, solve this on a corporate level, that's like a completely different podcast. But if I would have to give an advice for an entrepreneur or a small business that is just starting up, please try to simultaneously with uh, going for it, start to describe how you are doing things. Of course, we have this quality of description, of course. But what I mean is I feel like this part is completely neglected at, at small businesses and entrepreneurs, um, at least from the discussions I had. And this is something that I would call a time asset. Each time we are investing time in something that will make our work easier for the future, this is a time asset. The problem is that we don't want to spend that time because we think like the time is running away and I have to do other more urgent things. It's a very interesting um, paradox, I would say, because we don't want to spend time that we need to spend in order to save time in the future. So we don't spend that time and we spend it on other things and then we don't have that time in the future. Does it make any sense of what I just said? Yeah, I I do get it. And I think that this is something where, you know, you need a balance because, of course, you need to be able to invest some time, especially if you want to grow and Mm -hmm. especially if you want to improve and you want to onboard new people Mm -hmm. who will be able to to do that stuff. Of course, you need to invest some time in proper training of these people. But I think that then very often in like medium sized organization, it already starts to creeps in creep in that maybe someone has spent that time and recorded something in a some in some way mm-hmm. but no one knows where to find it <laughs> and then True. you know maybe when you recorded three five things that you can just send around but then when they are 55 you know you start yeah, yeah. so I think that this is where uh, even like I remember between the two of us when mm-hmm. you were trying to send me the knowledge of how we update our episodes or something yeah. and and then you send me the first video that's great and then the second one that's great and then when the videos have been 15 
I already have no idea how to find them. And, you yeah. know, so I think that this is this is something that requires some focus. Definitely. So one thing is recording in a in a in the right format. And Definitely. it could be a video, it could be a presentation, it could be, mm -hmm. you know, like choosing the right format for the thing and building the simple structure as you go. It's an art. It, is. it really is an art because you can easily spend time recording everything and no one else can find it later. And then you're <laughs> you've wasted that time asset that it could have yeah. been the time asset. So Truly, yeah. you need to start building the structure as you go right away and something that people have the right access to it. Mm -hmm. And then we have GDPR, which is something to take under consideration. So it is an art. It is. It is an art. And I and you also mentioned something that uh, is very, very uh, important and will also give us a bit of a smooth transition to point number five. I think especially for small businesses and entrepreneurs, this is very um, clear that they need that structure once they need to onboard the first person to come and work with them. I think that, you know, in your small little hell, when you know how to navigate, that's still all right. Although you probably still need to present that info if you are looking for an investor, because you need to show him how you do things. If you don't have that documentation or overview, then it might actually undermine your uh, pitch. But the, the first time you have to onboard a person new person, first person into your small business, this is where you will see how important that is. And if you haven't done any of this documentation or figuring out how to do it, this is a time to actually stop for a moment and try to figure that out because that's a perfect opportunity to, to make that overview. Uh, so I think now we will jump to number five, Marta. What do you think? We will solve all of the productivity problems of the world. Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's go and do it. Mm -hmm. So now we have the last problem that is uh, con uh, connected with the productivity is lack of workforce or difficulty to find employees fit for the company. So um, I think there are two things here. One is actually the sole decision of hiring someone. And the other one is about trying to hire the right person. And about the sole decision of hiring someone when you are an entrepreneur, I think many entrepreneurs struggle with this because they think that this is expensive and they have to pay another person and they can still figure out everything by themselves. And many times I think it's hard for them to see the benefit of having someone who can take over tasks. Uh, what do you think about this? Well, uh, that's probably something very difficult to solve in no, uh, no, but less than Do you think that minutes. people think like this as an entrepreneur? So you, had a, you, you have a small business. So uh, is this that kind of like, ah, I can still push it myself, you know, I can still push it myself. I think maybe I cannot relate to it myself so well, because maybe that's not a problem that I necessarily would have in, uh, in this situation. Mm -hmm. But I can understand, I mean, having money for it is, uh, is yeah. definitely a challenge. Mm -hmm. So when, you, when you're not even paying yourself, how could you pay someone else? But I Correct. guess you wouldn't employ someone if you couldn't even yeah. pay yourself. So maybe that's, uh, yeah, I, I think finding the right person for your baby for your uh, little business is almost like finding a partner in life that's or true. babysitter for your baby. So that's definitely yet another art. 
It is. And I also think uh, not necessarily only about the employees, full-time employees, but sometimes, you know, to hire a web developer, to hire a business coach. Ah, probably I can learn that on YouTube. Ah, probably I can figure it out myself. And many people can, but the time they will put into doing those things is probably way more, uh, the time is longer than if they would just hire someone with the knowledge, pay them the money and have that thing done. Are you talking about from personal experience? Yes, Uh, thank you for that comment. And then also there is something about the right fit for the company, right? And I think that uh, one of the problems that uh, startups might have, and I have seen it with my own eyes, is that they are trying to copy the traditional HR processes of big companies by sending this kind of typical uh, invitations, typical tests, typical questions, where I think they should be creative and do it really like they are trying to figure out a person that will fit into the family. What do you think about this, Marta? Yeah, I also think that the, these big pr- recruitment processes might not be the right fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be an overkill and take too much time uh, for a little business. That's true. Uh, and uh, I'm leaning more towards um, using your intuition here, finding the right person that you feel that you align with, you like the person uh, more than following a strict procedure and, uh, uh, you know, ticking off the boxes on the CV. Could be even more relevant. I think this is still relevant for the corporate world, (laughs) but uh, even more relevant in small business world. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that uh, we have to put a little bit more intuition and soul and simplicity in the recruitment process no matter where that process happens i'm not sure if we answered all the questions if we go into deep if you are interested in our opinion to go deeper into one of the topics please write to us the five options.com five as a number there is a contact form there thank you very much today and we will hear each other next week bye we are unique and quite yeah that was the